1: Welcome to the DFS podcast Friday edition for tonight's Major League Baseball schedule of games. Hi there baseball fans, I'm Paul Bruno and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime John McKechnie. We're coming at you today with our best recommendations for your FanDuel rosters for Friday's games. John, this is our last DFS podcast for baseball this season. I'm kind of uh, feeling mixed feelings about this but uh, we have some big news that you and I are still going to be working together on the NFL side next week. We have to cover. Yes. We have to cover in an anticipation. Then the last month of the season. So uh, I got to ask you, what do you look forward to in uh, in the final month of the season?
2: Well, um, I think the the American League race in particular is going to be really exciting. Um, unfortunately, it looks like my guys uh, are are dropping out of it a little bit. They don't. I don't think they have the horses to really uh, keep pace with uh, with some of the other teams in the East or uh, in the wild card race. Um, But there's just going to be a ton of exciting baseball over the last month. Uh, You know, one guy that I think you and I are both really excited to see uh, is Yohan Moncada from the Red Sox getting getting the call uh, as of today. And, you know, he's been playing at third a little bit. Uh, His natural position is not third base, but, you know, he's young enough and the Red Sox have gotten such terrible production from the third base uh, spot over the course of the entire season. You know I think, I think that, that definitely, definitely fills a need and it, it could make, make them extremely dangerous, dangerous. and he 's going to add a speed component he 's going to add you know high average high on base so this could uh, be, this could be something that really kind of shapes the race
1: yeah, it could, but back to your O's for a sec, I think what undid them and you 'll can see this too i 'm sure is the starting pitching just didn 't really match up with the other le- leaders in the American League East. Particularly, you know, Toronto's got their act together pitching-wise most of the season. They've had a very lucky stretch where, thank goodness, touch wood, no injuries were issues. But Boston's really benefiting from a bit of a resurgence by one David Price in the last little while. He's really right. answering the bell in the same way that he did in the latter part of the season last year. I think he's, he's going to be a factor for the Red Sox, obviously, the rest of the way. Because they've got, as long as they got him leading the parade, they've got some solid guys behind him. Rick Porcello, out of his mind with a win percentage this season. Oh, yeah. And the knuckleballer doing his thing. So they've got three viable options to back up that offense. The offense is in the AL East, you could, you could uh, split hairs there and say they're about equal. But it's the pitching that really separated... The, the Orioles from the pack in the last week or so, and, and you guys can still hit your way back into contention, there's no question. It's only a four games between the first and third, but uh, I, I can see that, I can agree that you're in tough, uh, your club's in tough the rest of the way. How about the yeah. National League, John? Are the Cubbies going to finally break that, that ugly, long stretch of futility, if we can call it You know, I,
2: I wouldn't mind seeing it, so I'm not going to say definitively yes because I don't want to jinx them. Um, in, in, but it, I think the the West is also like a very interesting uh, kind of race because the Giants haven't been very good in the second half. But it's an even year, and they're. Di- I mean, when they play, you know, up to their expectations, they definitely are one of the best teams in the National League. And then, of course, you know, the Nationals are are loaded. Um, they're going to need Strasbourg back, though. Uh, you never feel great about a guy that's had you know, some upper back issues and then some, uh, some elbow issues, uh, thereafter, you know, it's always a little bit concerning. So they're going to have to lean on Scherzer and they're going to need, uh, some of their other guys to either recapture their form from earlier in the season, like a Tanner Roark type of guy, or, um, I guess AJ Cole, uh, is another guy that they've been using in the, in the rotation a little bit lately. Um, and it, you know, they certainly have the talent. It's a matter of staying healthy and putting it together down the stretch.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be a cakewalk through the National League side of the playoffs race. For uh, once the Cubbies do get to the playoffs, they still got to deal with either the Dodgers or the the Nats, as you suggested. Both teams are, they have a wealth of talent both in both dugouts. So. The Cubbies, it's not an automatic, but they're sitting right now with a record that's almost 40 games over 500, and for old Cubs fans, that's got to be a real treat, and uh, I'm happy for them. i got to say, as a Leaf fan, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So let's get to it, John. Let's go through the schedule of uh, games tonight on Tap Why don't You lead us through the uh, early going.
2: All right, leading us off, we'll, we'll start over in Pittsburgh. we got Jameson Tyon. Uh, a promising young young pitcher uh, taking the hill against Milwaukee's junior Guerra. Um, that both of those guys have sub three five ERAs. That's a seven 0 five start. Uh, then moving down to Camden Yards, we got Dylan Bundy with a seven and five record going against Chad Green and the Yankees as a seven five start. Then up to Philadelphia, we got another division matchup here. We got Philadelphia's Jeremy Hellickson hosting uh, Joel De La Cruz and the Braves That's a seven five start. Uh, then over to Cleveland, we got a, you know, a, an interesting interleague, I guess a, an old World Series redux, you know, from like 20 years ago. We got Cleveland, Carlos Carrasco against Miami, and Andrew Kashner, that's a 7-10 start. And then uh, Cincinnati's Anthony Descalfani uh, taking the hill against St. Louis's Alex Reyes, and that's a 7-10 start.
1: And I'll continue with, uh, I pushed, I pushed this, game this game down so I could read it, John, to be very honest with you. on Toronto, Toronto. Toronto and Marcus Troman, another 7-10 start. He brings his 9-5 and five record of 4.58 ERA into Tampa against Alex Cobb. This is his season debut. He's faced the Jays before in the past, uh, so I expect a good performance from him. He's had good success against them, too. Uh, follow that up with the Nats. We talked about them a little bit in the opening. A.J. Cole with an 0-1 record, of 4.97 ERA in against Thor, 12-7 mark, 2.55 ERA at 7-10. It's going to be a great game in New York, I think, there. <laughs> Houston with Doug Pfister at 12-9 mark against Texas and A.J. Griffin. I sense, I sense a slugfest here uh, in the Battle of Texas at 8.05. The White Sox bring Carlos Rodon, a 5-8 and mark, into Minnesota, and Kyle Gibson, also a 5-8 and mark, at an 8-10 start. And then Detroit, another very important game on the docket tonight. Annabelle Sanchez, 7-13 with an ugly 5-92 ERA, in against Kansas City, a team that's dropped two. Uh, they got Danny Duffy on the mound, 11-2 and record with a 3 one ERA, 8-15 start. Uh, that's a very key series for both teams, and they want to get a leg up tonight. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a series to watch throughout the
2: weekend. Um, and then moving us out west here, we got, you know, basically everyone's dream uh, hitting matchup here. We got Arizona's Robbie Ray, 7-12 uh, with a 4-2-8 ERA. Up at Coors Field against lefty Jorge De La Rosa, he's got a 5-0-9 ERA. That's an 8-40 start. Uh, then out to out to the west coast, we got... The aforementioned David Price taking the hill for the Red Sox, going against Oakland's Andrew Triggs. That's a 10 05 start. Uh, over to Seattle, we got uh, Ariel Miranda, the young left hander, going against uh, the Angels' Brett Oberholzer. That's a 10 10 start. And then rounding us out for the night, we got uh, the Dodgers with Julio Urias uh, going against San Diego's Clayton Richard.
1: Okay, John. Let's uh, go through our lineups. The final time we're going to do the baseball thing. I'm feeling a little sad, but uh, I think we got some good picks. I looked at this before we went to air. So, give me your starter and tell me why.
2: Yeah, feeling good about our picks for today. And uh, I'm going to start off start off strong here. I'm going to go Danny Duffy uh, of the Royals, uh, sitting at 9,700. So, one of the more expensive pitchers on the on the mound uh, or on the slate tonight. I'll concede that, but. Uh, I, think I think that, that I, I think it's a right, right to play, in play in this case. You know. you know, I know that the Tigers a lot of their power is on the right side of the plate, uh, and you, you might think like, ooh, you know, give you some pause to, to in using Danny Duffy, but Danny Duffy isn't like your standard left-hander. He, he's uh, he's averaging not. Uh, 95 on his on his fastball, which is really really rare for for a left hander. That's got to be one of the highest marks in baseball among starting left handed pitching. And then also the Tigers, for all that for all those big names on the right side of the dish, they they're pretty much league average as far as weighted on base against Southpaws. So th- this isn't a matchup that scares scares me in particular. And Duffy, Duffy's a guy that, that can definitely induce some strikeouts, uh, doesn't let a ton of guys on base. Uh, he averages nearly five strikeouts for every walk he gives up, so I mean, a lot of strikeouts here, uh, not going to be a ton of base runners in my opinion. I think, I think Duffy's, Duffy's going to be able, able to get it done at home tonight uh, and get the, get the Royals a pretty, pretty crucial win.
1: Well, and I'll be watching that one, but uh, I'm going to say that I find some value in Junior Guerra. We started off with him in early in tonight's slate. He's 2-0 and and two dominant in recent starts against the Pirates. That's a part, only a part of his story this season. He's allowed a total of seven hits with only one extra base knock over those 14 two-third innings, two-third innings by the way. I know he hasn't pitched since a minor elbow injuries, injury side night in much of August. But I look at what he did in the two prior months, John. Listen to these numbers. 44 hits against in only 67 innings, in 67 innings pitch. And that's in 10 starts covering those two months. The whip is just under one. And he had 49 strikeouts. So not only is he keeping guys off the bases, but he's getting his share of strikeouts. That's dominance that I buy today after hearing that he's rehabbed very well and without any issues. I expect this guy to get right back on the horse and keep doing what he was doing for the summer months we got a promo read to, to touch on, John, and that is teasing what we're going to be doing next week, uh, starting on the, the podcast on the football side of things. Uh, fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back, and this year's better than ever. It's not just a new season at FanDuel. It's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans, and they believe you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which makes you sports-rich. Now, John... I'm looking forward to the season's start, but my team, the Cowboys, is already without a uh, starting quarterback that everybody knows, although we're getting a lot of ink on this Dak Prescott guy. I'm too close to the fire. Can they survive the early weeks of the season with this guy, or or is his early performance in the exhibition schedule a mirage?
2: Uh, Well, I wouldn't say it's a mirage. Uh, Dak Prescott was one of my favorite quarterbacks uh, coming out in this year's draft, and uh, he's exceeded my expectations in the uh, in the preseason. Obviously, I mean, I think he has pretty much everyone else's. Um, I think it's probably good to pump the brakes or at least you know temper your expectations to realize that there are going to be a few bumps in the road uh, while he is the starter. Because I mean, that that's just what happens to any starting quarterback. I mean, uh, you look at the first overall pick from this year, and he's he's dropped down to the third string. I mean, this is not an easy league to play in. Uh, but I think Dak is impressed along the way. He's got the weapons around him. Uh, the Cowboys are going to be smart about just kind of trying to pound the rock. You know, Zeke Elliott, another talented rookie. You got Alfred Morris. Eventually, Darren McFadden will be back. And you got the best offensive line in football. So just use that to your advantage. You know, kind of give Dak, uh, just keep the blinders on him a little bit. You know, don't, don't go too crazy with it. And just, you know, kind of have him do what he does and I, and I think that it, uh, it it should, you guys should, should be able, able to survive the early goings of the season. I, I don't know if Romo's, Romo's going to get Wally, Wally pipped, pipped per se, but, but I think, think that there's really not going to be a gigantic, gigantic uh, drop-off uh, for the Cowboys without Romo because, because of Dak.
1: Yeah, I think this is, you can call it the NFC Least division this year. That's one thing that's going in their favor. I think it might take as few as nine wins to take that division. And uh, thank you very much, doc- Dr. McKechnie. I feel good. I'll get off your couch now and continue with the read. <laughs> so we invite our listeners to try the new FanDuel now. Just pick your team, stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game? Play in a beginner contest to learn the ropes. If you have a dollar, there are games for as low as a dollar. There are 50-50 contests where the top half win cash, or you can settle a score with a friend named John McHeckney in FanDuel's brand-new Friends Mode. It's a season-long fantasy, John. Football with weekly teams. Plus, new features ensure a fair and level playing field. Uh, I'm looking forward to this thing. What's, what do you think about your favorite club, John? Give me a little uh, capsule on your club. You did so well with the Cowboys.
2: Um, like, a, like I've said on other podcasts before, I'm not, I'm not overly optimistic. I know what a good Ravens team looks like, and that this kind of is not it. They're either really young and inexperienced at, at different positional groups, uh, you know, like our our defensive line, which I think is one of the the strengths of the team overall. Everyone's under twenty six, I believe. Uh, so a lot of a lot of youth there. Um, then some old guys in the secondary. We got old linebackers uh, trying to generate pass rush. We got Terrell Suggs, wrong side of thirty, coming off his second Achilles tear. Elvis Doomerville, You know, how long is he going to be able to be as good as he's been? I think the offense is going to be pretty anemic as well. Uh, they don't have a ton of Really good, really good fantasy, fantasy options, options either. Uh, I've, I've I've had, had like, like six, six drafts, drafts this week and depth uh, depth I don't you know how many shares of any Ravens, any Ravens I have. Exactly. So it's M- it might be a long, long season, but I'm okay and with it. it. I mean I've been spoiled.
1: <laughs> you have, actually. You can remember a, a recent championship. I can't say the same. I was there. there. That's cool. That's very cool. I mean, I have tapes of some of the, some of the Cowboys championships, and I remember all their Super Bowl wins, uh, thankfully. Yeah, maybe that says about, a bit about my age more than anything else, but I'm happy that I have a good recollection of all of them, and I'm looking forward to some better days ahead for our club's uh, down Definitely. the road. But we'll look forward to fun in the football, uh, John. In the meantime, we invite everybody to have all the fun that football has to offer, have all the fantasy football has to offer as well. FanDuel, be sports rich. We have a special offer for new users too. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com rw. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to fanduel.com slash rw. All right, that's enough football talk until next Friday, John. Let's get into the rest of our lineups. What do do you got behind the dish?
2: I'm going to go with uh, the Angels and and, uh, Jet Bandy. And Bandy's a guy that's in a bit of a slump, but we've seen what he can do uh, even when when he starts to pick things up a little bit at the dish. He can definitely produce in bunches. Um, But his recent slump... Dropped him back down to, to to a really palatable 2600, which is about where where you and I kind of like to go with our catchers. I would say if I've noticed a trend from this season, we, we don't pay up too too heavily. Um, we're not going. We might not go the Gary Sanchez 4000 route tonight per se, as we call as we called you know not too long ago. He'd be up there. Um, but but Bandy, he's going against a guy in, in uh, Ariel Miranda, who's a young left hander, hasn't been going particularly deep into his starts. Uh, Hasn't been particularly sharp in those starts either. Seattle has a pretty average middle of the bullpen. They obviously have Edwin Diaz at the back end, who's uh, going to be one of the best closers in baseball uh, next year. I mean, get your shares when you can. But uh, you know, Seattle's pitching staff not overwhelming. Bandy's got three home runs in, in 41 at bats against left-handers, and I think for a mid-tier guy, he's definitely worth just kind of taking a taking a flyer on. He's a He's a punt play that definitely does give you more upside uh, than you might think thanks to the platoon advantage here and his recent success against lefties and you know, couple that with with Miranda's just sort of so-so performance over the last few outings.
1: I echo your sentiments about punting this category more often than not, but I find value too with Houston Astros catcher Jason Castro. We've talked all year about how we punt this position, but today I'm going to make his case at this bargain price because he's been one of the most productive catchers over the last while with a five-game hitting streak along with three homers and five total extra base hits in his last nine starts. That's a lot of crooked numbers in recent play, John. Uh, well worth the $2,500 in my opinion. I'm more encouraged to make this pick, though, when I factor in the Rangers starting pitcher, A.J. Griffin, who's been very hittable much of the season, and he surrendered, as a, for an example, 35 hits over his last 28 and 230 innings pitched over his last five starts. I like the chances for... Uh, Caster to get a knock or two. In fact, I'll have more to say about this game when we talk about our stacks. <laughs> so, uh, first base, and I see you got uh, a guy that's in that game too.
2: Yep, sticking in this game, uh, going on the other side of the, or the other dugout, I'm going to go with Mitch Moreland, sitting at 2,700. Uh, going against, against Doug Pfister right. tonight at home, and you know, you know Fister's been pretty, pretty respectable, this respectable this year. But I, I think, I think that, that Moreland has the edge this, in this in this particular this instance. instance. Fister's a guy that really struggles against against left-handers. Uh, he's given up 14 home runs to lefties, uh, and the lefties are hitting two ninety six off of him for the whole season. You know, with the with you know, the majority of the season in the books, That that's, that's a bankable number. That's something that, that we've seen over the course of the season. And I know that Moreland has slumped a little bit, uh, lately he's got three hits in his last 21 at bats, but I think a, a matchup at home in Texas, uh, against a righty that doesn't fare well against lefties. And he's only 2,700. I mean, you, you only need him to, to, you know, lash an RBI double or, or, you know, get a hold of one for a home run for, to, for him to exceed value. So I think uh, this, is a, this is a chance where you can get Moreland on the cheap uh, with, with the potential for a really big return.
1: Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to where you're spending the big money. That's two cheapies off the hop. I'm going to counter mm-hmm. with Eric Hosmer of the Royals for 3300 bucks, spending a little bit more than you. Hosmer has been one of the most consistently productive bats in the Royals' lineup all season but he's also been a big part of their late season charge. He's posted double-digit fan duel points in eight of his last 15 appearances. He has a significant level of success also in 11 for 36 history, which includes only three strikeouts against Tigers starter Sanchez, who has been tagged for better than a hit per inning and a 574 ERA in his last 10 starts too. So, and uh, on top of that, uh, Hosmer's been hot for a little while, uh, getting on base over 38% of the time over his last two weeks and I like his chances to pad those numbers here, giving uh, Sanchez a uh, high whip in that interim, interval as well. Your second base pick.
2: I'm going to go with Brian Dozier of the Twins, sitting at 3,900. So one of the more expensive second basemen, but I think it's worth it. I mean, Dozier's a guy that, you know, I've watched a little bit of the Twins over the last couple of weeks, and you know, I've always he's always been a guy that's been standing out in that stretch. He's got five home runs over the last two weeks, uh, and his OPS is is like just under a thousand, sitting at 979. Uh, so he's going against a lefty tonight, and that not even that helps his cause even more. He's got a 1.058 uh, OPS against lefties, and he's also got a 306 average, which you know we don't usually think of Dozier as a particularly great. Average hitter, but you know that that's a really nice number for him to have. Uh, he's got su- some success against uh, the White Sox pitcher for tonight, Carlos Rodon. Uh, he's got two home runs and just eight at bats against him. So I, I mean, you'll have to pay up for it, um, but you're spending. You know, when, if you were to combine your, what you're paying for Dozier and Moreland, you're, it's about the same as what you would generally do uh, with your first and second base uh, like salary allotments. So I think it works out here. I think Dozier's a guy that I'm definitely targeting uh, this evening.
1: Yeah, he's uh, been the ray of sunshine in an otherwise desert-like season for the... Uh, for the Twins out there. uh, Been not good. uh, I've been offered him in trade in a couple of uh, leagues, actually, of late. People are bailing on him despite the power numbers, hoping to get a big payoff for that power bat. Uh, I'm thinking about one of them. We'll see. Uh, Maybe a look in at tonight's game might might sway me. Uh, My second base pick also on the high side in terms of cost, Jose Altuve for $4,100 with the Astros. Sometimes I'll be guided by the price tag on the top player John when when I think it should be even higher. This guy's a legit contender for the ALVP MVP all year long. And I know he's in a bit of a funk with only a four hits in his last twenty-eight at bats in the past week, but the guy is still sporting a three fifty-one batting average on the year with that with those numbers included. I've already spoken about Griffin's recent efforts and that factors into this pick as well. It's worth noting that Altave finished flash power in in the past week, even though he wasn't hitting up a storm, two homers in his last two games. Uh, and he's hit safely in four of his last five in my mind's eye showing that he's ready to resume his normal hot hitting pace and is long overdue for a multi-hit effort he's also got a 5 for 13 history against griffin with only one strikeout this guy puts the ball in play i expect it to be all over the lot tonight don't overthink this when you can grab a guy of this quality at only 4100 bucks is my thought your third base pick john
2: well it's the last baseball part of the season you know, I had to have at least one Oriole, so uh, I'm going to go with uh, Pedro Alvarez sitting at 3,200, going against Chad Green. Um, so good pitchers have pretty short memories, but it'll be interesting to see how Green bounces back from from his last outing, which was against the Orioles. Uh, he allowed seven hits over four and two thirds; three of those were home runs. And you know, Alvarez didn't get one of those home runs, but two of those home runs were given up to left-handers. Um, so I think that that's something to, to kind of monitor, and Alvarez, for the most part, only really useful for DFS purposes against right-handed pitching, so I think this is a chance where, where he's at 3200, he's at home, he's got a righty that, that uh, can be susceptible to the, to the fly ball, to the home run ball, so I think that Alvarez is, is uh, going to be my play at the hot corner for the evening.
1: Well, you know I watch the Toronto scene very closely, scoring games for Stats Inc. Uh, for the last 25 years, John. And one of the guys that's been a thorn in the Blue Jays' side, religiously, is Evan Longoria. And I put him in the lineup at 3600 bucks. If you listen list to me all season long, you know that I get on Longoria pick against certain Toronto starters, particularly when the game is being played at the Trop. Longo's numbers against Stroman tonight, for instance, going into the game, he's 8 for 16, and that includes four extra base knocks and two homers. The Jays just came through a dramatic series against your Orioles and uh, I just get a sense that Longo will be the architect of some trouble for the Strowman and the Jays once again. He's been in a funk for the past two weeks and this just looks like a spot where he gets himself back on the beam. So I don't talk about too many current numbers, I just talk about what my mind's eye and what I've seen from this guy way too many times. It's time for him to get uh, back on track and there's no better opportunity than when he sees the blue of the Toronto Blue Jays coming into town. Right. Right. Shortstop pick, you're, you're up.
2: This one is a bit of a odd one, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out. I'm going I'm to go with Chris Owings of the Diamondbacks, uh, sitting at 3,200 in Colorado. Um, I think I, I would just not be – I'd be doing a bit of a disservice to, to not talk at least a little bit about the Coors game tonight. So I think uh, Owings is a guy that, that gives you uh, potential – uh, cheap, really cheap exposure to that game, so you, you're really not having to spend a lot to get to get uh, you know some serious action going on. Uh, and he's facing a left-hander in uh, in Jorge De La Rosa, which is a good thing uh, because he hits 286 with a 506 slugging percentage. Against lefties, uh, and this one in particular, he's gone five for twelve against, uh, with a tr- with a home run and a triple. So this isn't isn't one of those instances where you'll need to make sure that that Owings is in the lineup. But it, provided that he is, I mean, we're playing in cores, going against a lefty, and not just a lefty. A lefty's had. Uh, plenty, uh, plenty of success against, and, and I think, think the the rest of the Diamondbacks are going to be able to, to push some, some runs across against De La Rosa, De La Rosa and, I and I think Owings Owens is definitely going to be on the pond for a couple of those as well, so just double check again, but if he is, uh, lock him in at 3200 for sure.
1: And I'm going to go with a guy in the same, similar price range, a little uh, south of 3000 2900 in fact, for Asdrubal Cabrera of the Mets. I was surprised when I looked at, at the fact that that he's one of the hottest hitting shortstops of late and he's not getting credit on the FanDuel board for his recent play. I'm not just playing a hunch here, John, when I note the fact that this guy's coming off seven straight double-digit FanDuel scores, including a pinch-hit homer last night. This looks like a great value play for a bat that's accounted for four homers and nine ribbies in the past week alone. Looking at the last two weeks, he's got a 419 batting average in 40, 43 at-bats since coming back to active duty after an injury stint. He'll be opposed by little-used pitcher A.J. Cole, who's been tagged for three homers and seven earned runs in only 12 and two-third innings pitched. That's well worth 2900 bucks in my book. Now, your three outfield picks, John.
2: Uh, I, think it, I think it's great. I think it's one of the better stories in baseball this year that A.J. Pollock's been able to come back. and uh, you know, He's one of the more expensive guys tonight, and rightfully so. He's sitting at 4200 you but know, we're getting another guy. Uh, with Coors field exposure. Uh, he's only been back for a week, uh, coming back from that broken elbow in, in the spring. Uh, he's hitting a clean 300, getting on base at a 364 clip. Uh, and he'll be at Coors, like I said, against a left hander. So last season, uh, he victimized lefties to the tune of five home runs, a 326 average, and an 881 OPS. Um, his, his price tag makes him, make him a, like, a, a little, little bit, bit tough, tough to, to get like a, a huge, huge profit from. Him. Obviously, you know, $4,200. But, uh, but at, at the same, same time, people, people might might be yeah. off of him a little bit because uh, his power hasn't quite shown back up uh, since returning to the lineup. So I think this is an opportunity where Pollock kind of gets things turned around in that sense. And with that, uh, I'm going to lock him in at 4200 And obviously, he can do things... Uh, to get you points, even if he's not hitting home runs, you know, he can, he can stretch, stretch into a double, he can hit, he can uh, steal some bases. So definitely going Pollock there, Uh, dropping down uh, a little bit. I'm going to go with one of my kind of favorite picks from throughout the season, Adam Duvall uh, of the Reds at 3,200. He's, he's had like an, an unbelievable breakout season. I mean, it's been one of, one of the better stories in baseball as well. Uh, at least from more of like a fantasy perspective. I think guys like you and I appreciate uh, what, what Duvall has done more so than, you know, kind of like your average baseball fan. I think if he was playing on a contender, this would be getting a lot more publicity, but, you know, what you got? What do you, I mean, what are you going to do? But uh, he's got 29 home runs, uh, so he's right on the cusp of 30. I think he can do it uh, potentially tonight. I mean, he'll be at home. Uh, he's got an 821 OPS at home. He's going against a really promising young pitcher in Alex Reyes. You know, I think uh, our lead prospect guy thinks he's one of the best uh, pitching prospects in baseball. And he's looked the part uh, since since he got the call up. Uh, but this is an instance where I think Duvall uh, can definitely take advantage here. Uh, and one of the better uh hittery parks in all of baseball. I mean it's it's pretty much second to cores as far as uh, home runs and, and things of that nature uh, and just overall offense this season. And he's also got twenty Duval's got twenty three of his twenty nine home runs against right handed pitching. Uh, so I, I really like the those chances here tonight. And then staying in that same game, same price. Randall Gritchick um, he's he's going against Discofani which uh, you know has been pretty tough especially in the second half of the season but Gritchick's a guy that, you know, when you watch him, uh, if he puts a good swing on the ball, like it can definitely, definitely get out of the park. And, you know, obviously, like I said, Great American Ballpark is where the, those things tend to happen. So it's a bit of a boom or bust play here, but I think uh, I'm I'm leaning towards uh, the boom for this evening. So I'm going to go with Gritchick at 3,200 to round out the outfield.
1: Well, and it's neat that we don't share our picks until we go to air and i looked at your roster and looked at mine in the outfield we both have a guy for 4200 and then two guys right around the thirty-one, thirty-two hundred 3200 mark i did the same thing as you so uh, an interesting way mm-hmm. to close out yeah. here i'm going to go with uh, my homer pick of the, of the slate tonight joe and gotcha. guys, that's jose bautista of the blue jays for 4200 bucks He's back in the leadoff spot for this potent lineup and has rediscovered his power stroke as part of a recent 8 for 25 week. Uh, he's been a nemesis for the Rays, too, with 11 hits and 36 at bats this year and his 3 for 7 career against Cobb, who is, as I said, making his debut tonight. Facing this potent lineup, which has been quickly ramping up to last year's league leading levels, and that's not the best scenario for a pitcher to make his first start of the season. I like Jose Bautista to get uh, Cobb's ear off to, on the wrong foot tonight. And uh, I'll follow that up with another guy who has been part of an electric lineup, and that's J- Jacoby Ellsbury of the Yankees for 3200 bucks. While changes all around him have been a story in, uh, in the Bronx, he's also been fact- a factor in the recent scoring binge that the Yankees' offense has been all about. An 8-for-22 run has ensured that he's been in the middle of many rallies recently, and he faces Dylan Bundy, your guy who's not fared too well against the Bombers in limited uh, opportunities this year and I think uh, you know what I sense it in your demeanor and I sense it in the Orioles that I think that they uh, are almost ready to throw their hat out of the ring and say we're not in this anymore and that could be a bit of a letdown and Jacoby Ellsbury and the Yankees may take advantage of that tonight and this weekend John.
2: Hey hey, Buck Showalter would take Great, Great exception, exception to the to the, that, bad. sir.
1: <laughs> well, I had to lob one out your way to see it, yeah, if no, I could fire don't. you off a little bit. Uh,
2: I got nowhere. I got no no, no trash, trash to talk. Just, I mean, you guys just, just took two or three from us from at from us home a in a pretty brutal, brutal fashion week, this week. So, so. <laughs> we got we, we got, got quality starts out of Wade Miley and Gallardo, and I believe Ubaldo Jimenez still still didn't win the series. That's Oh boy. oh boy.
1: Tough to take, John. I had, I had to spark you a little bit, though. And sure. I'll round up my roster with Justin Upton of the Tigers for $3,100. bucks. i will take a chance on a power bat that's heating up in the last two weeks, producing five homers as part of a 14 for 41 streak in Detroit's power-laden lineup, and noting that he should enjoy the benefit of a righty-lefty assignment tonight as well. So with that, I go to you and say, what's your play of the day?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Brian Dozier of the Twins. You know, like I said, his success not only against Rodon but against lefties in general this year, where you know the the OPS north of a thousand. I think, you know, uh, as I mentioned before in the show, most of the season's in the books, so that it's you know a number that you can rely upon. Uh, and you know Dozier's recent production. In addition to that, you know the five home runs over the last two weeks. I think that he's a really nice play at, at the second base position tonight, and I think he is my pick of the day overall.
1: Well, and I'm going to go with Jose Altuve. I know you're pay- we're paying up to 4,100, if you can call it that, paying up to 4,100 for him. I think it's a steal at that price. He's overdue for a big night and should not be in this price range. I mean, much longer, if at all, in my opinion. Well, below normal for him. I've already talked about the opposing pitcher, Griffin. This is going to be at uh, an air show in, in uh, Texas this weekend with both clubs hitting the lights out most recently. And uh, that'll lead us into some talk about the stack of the day. John, where do you think the balls are going to fly for one team more particularly than another?
2: Uh, there, here's one stack that, you know, like we neither of us really touched on in terms of our player picks, but. Uh, cleveland's uh cleveland's bats going against andrew Kashner might kind of be a sneaky under the radar uh stack tonight i mean Kashner had i believe a decent start in his last outing but overall he's been pretty much an abject disaster since showing up on the marlins and getting rid of the beard uh so i think that the the indians uh you know mike napoli full beard and all is gonna or they're gonna be able to take advantage of Kashner tonight and then uh your Blue Jays going against a guy in Alex Cobb. He's making his first start of the year. Uh, I just don't think that those that, that that lines up particularly well for him. You'd rather him go against, I mean, even his own team. You'd be, you'd rather him be facing Rays hitters than you would Blue Jays hitters. So uh, th- this could be big trouble for for Cobb. You guys can probably get him out and then get to their get to the Rays bullpen, which has been. Uh, an abject disaster in in several games this year. I mean, I still remember their, their like nine run meltdown against the uh, Tigers at home in, in sometime in July. Uh, so I think Toronto is definitely another stack to consider.
1: Gee, you're you're being so nice to me in the Toronto calls today. Uh, I I think I might have to mail Stockholm syndrome. I may have to mail a Blue Jays cap out your way. And uh, I've I've teased the Astros in a couple of picks. I think that's a team that's been getting more contributions than just Correa and Altuve recently. The likes of Gaddis, Bregman, and Springer have all been chipping in of late, and they could all gang up on a hittable pitcher in a favorable ballpark. I've teased that all day, and I'm going to be all over this uh, in a stack in in a couple of plays tonight. So... That's it for the baseball side John it's been a fa- fantastic experience for me getting to know you in this slot and we're going to try our hand at football next week uh, I'm looking forward to it in the in the Friday slot We get the happy task of continuing to kind of build lineups, whereas during the course of the week, we'll be uh, featuring position-by-position breakdowns. But our task, you and I, is to come up with the late-breaking news and our slant on the games uh, on the eve of the weekend and reviewing any Thursday night games that take place as well. I can't wait for it. Bring it on. But uh, I I think there's still a lot more fun to, to see on the baseball side, and I'll be playing FanDuel the rest of the season as of course. Well, uh, it's going to be some interesting picking in the month of September with all the call ups, and, and you might see some very unfavorable matchups that you've got to take advantage of in that scene. So that's a parting shot from me. Uh, John, any closing thoughts before we sign it off?
2: Yeah, we have just really enjoyed uh, doing this pod every Friday with you uh, as far as baseball is concerned, and I think. Both of us played fan duel for baseball a decent bit last year, but I think this year we've both gotten really into it and I think that we've been able to give the listeners some pretty good picks on a week in, week out basis. So I hope everybody enjoyed that and you know, I aim to do the, the exact same with the football and I think both of us know football pretty well too, so shouldn't be too hard to, to give out some winners.
1: Well, there you have it, then. For John McKechnie, I'm Paul Bruno, and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our podcasts on a daily basis and get the edge on the competition. So long, everybody.